As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. Mark Snipes, correct? Yeah. All right, Kerry Jr., nice to meet you, sir. Sign in. Okay, cool. Let me put this. Um, yeah, can you just walk me through just you know the orientation of what y'all got here and why things are placed a certain way? And what? She's the one who did the interior design. That's Mark Snipes and his wife Jay Snipes. They run West Coast Meds, a medical marijuana dispensary on Detroit's West Side, and that's where we are now. Okay. This is our wax bar. Okay, your wax bar. Yes, and this is the bud bar. It shows the um, price of the grams, where there's a gram, an eighth, an ounce, okay. and a THC level. Okay, okay. The place is decked out with bright white lights. There's shelves lining the walls with vape pens and batteries and bongs. And up near the register are these big jars filled with buds of marijuana. I mean, I do want to talk about the actual <laughs> bud. We got to get to the bud. Yeah, this is all our flowers. Start off at uh, our highest one. It's 30% TAC. Okay. And we go all the way down to 16%. The Snipes want to do a lot more with this place. The money is in the recreational marijuana business these days, so that's what they want to do. But there's a holdup. Even though Michigan legalized recreational pot back in 2018, Detroit City Council has been waiting to allow it here until they finalize a plan to make it equitable and support Detroiters who've been here all along. This is something that can build wealth. I mean, generational wealth. And I think Detroiters ought to have a part of the industry that can do that. While that ordinance is in the works, folks like the Snipes are missing out on a billion-dollar industry. On this episode, we get caught up on the path to recreational marijuana in the city, hear just how medical dispensaries are faring, and find out why some say the delay is necessary. The uh, marijuana ordinance will be postponed for one week. Uh, and so we will have a discussion on that particular line item and take that item up uh, next week. I am Carrie Jr. the second, and this is On the Line. So this goes back more than a decade. That is Adrian Roberts, a business reporter for the Detroit Free Press. So in 2008, Michigan voters legalized medical marijuana. We see in Detroit medical dispensaries that's allowed there. But then in 2018, so that's a decade later, Michigan voters legalized recreational marijuana. Roberts has been covering the relatively new recreational marijuana trade and the bumps in the road for places like Detroit when it comes to allowing marijuana businesses within the city border. Michigan sales started in December 2019, but... Cities, by law, can either opt in or opt out to allowing businesses in their city limits. And Detroit decided to opt out until they got their ordinance up and running. Now, here we are more than two years later, and we still do not have an ordinance in the city of Detroit. Recently, there's been some movement on this by city council. After a whole lot of turmoil, it's at least been on the agenda. And a final ordinance, done right, can't come soon enough for some Detroiters. How did the, how did you get started? Well, I actually started, you know, caregiver market, just like a lot of dispensary owners in this. That's Mark Snipes of West Coast Meds again. Jay is also listed again. 
what started me into researching cannabis because neither one of us are consumed, but my mom mm. was a cancer patient and they no longer had medication for her. So this became the only medication that helped her pain. Unfortunately, I started researching it too late. So she was already at a hospice state. Is your mother still with us? No, she's not. Sorry to hear that. Despite that loss, Mark and Jay have stuck with the business. Word on the street when they started as caregivers back in 2016 was that recreational marijuana would soon be legalized. And they weren't entirely wrong. So we got into it thinking all the time Rick was coming, but we had no clue it was going to take this long. At least for the city of Detroit. So just take a quick step back in terms of what we're discussing, the medicinal versus you know, recreational marijuana. Can we just clarify what that means and what the difference is between the two? To buy medical marijuana, you need a medical card. Um, so, and that's if you have chronic pain or some other issue, a health issue that that really it, marijuana is helping with that. So you need to register with the state um, that costs $40 and then you need to renew that each year. Now, recreational, anyone can go in. You don't need a card. It's, it's open as long as you're 21 years of age, you can go in and, and, and buy weed. And for the business owners? I mean, it's a, it's a similar process. Like the, the systems are really set up, uh, the same. You need to get a license from the state. You need to get a license from the city that you're operating in. And and this costs a lot of money. You you know, you need that that $3,000 just to get it going registration fee with the state. So that's up front. Then you need to get a space. And and when we look at what Detroit's trying to do with, with their recreational marijuana ordinance, you need to have a location ready to go. So that means you either own property or you're leasing without even knowing if you're going to get a license in the city. So Detroit, the city has been trying to get a recreational marijuana industry up and running since rec was passed back in 2018, but they've been trying to do it right, at least right by the longtime residents. Detroit is a majority black city, and we all should know how race has played into the issue of marijuana and the legal system. So black people are arrested for violating marijuana possession laws at nearly four times the rates of white people. And and that's a current statistic. And we hear this a lot from city council members. We hear this from James Tate, um, who crafted the ordinance. They really want to try to make up for that really, in in some way with this ordinance. And they did vote in 2012. The city of Detroit voted to decriminalize the possession of marijuana. But there's all this historical stuff going back before then that they're trying to really right those wrongs in a way. They also wanted to make sure that Detroiters were the first people to to be able to get these licenses and that they would have a shot at opening uh, a marijuana business in the city because I think there was this very real concern that a bunch of people from the suburbs, you know, who were likely white, would come in and just take over the industry. So then who typically has the means to get into the industry initially. Yeah, it's it's usually wealthier white business people to be frank. Um you to get access to loans, it's really difficult because marijuana is still illegal at a federal level. So really you need to have those funds ready to go and 
it's it's difficult for a lot of people to to have thousands and thousands of dollars ready to go on hand up front without any guarantees. But if they do, there's a ton of cash to be made. In 2021, Michigan saw $1.3 billion in recreational marijuana sales. That is just an astronomical figure to me. And so we've seen the industry really, really take off with recreational marijuana. So Detroit's tried to be strategic while helping its residents get in on this market. It took until November 2020, nearly a year after sales started in the state, for city council to pass an ordinance to start issuing licenses here. It required so-called legacy Detroiters to get half of the just 75 provisioning center licenses to be issued. Depending on certain factors, those were people who've lived here 15, 13, or 10 of the past 30 years. It also aimed to benefit low-income residents and those with criminal records related to substance use. It's, it's something that's needed. And not just here in Detroit, this is really something that's needed across this country. And to, to have to fight like this, to be a part of an industry that was literally built on our backs. You know, we went to jail for this. We, we made it popular, you know, and then big corporations come in and then all of a sudden just want to take it over. You know, it's, that's something that has to be fixed. People are really excited. I, I mean, this is something that everyone was praising. They're really excited to get this industry up and running. You know, there was more than 500 Detroiters applied for a license and there was only, you know, less than 100 available. So it was there was great demand. This proven all over the country that, you know, those who go wreck, you know, long lines is just um, a better situation for them. And then a lawsuit comes, and that temporarily suspends everything in the city. After the break, the lawsuit, the losses, and where we go from here. As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. We're back with Free Press reporter Adrian Roberts discussing the attempted ordinance and lawsuit that held up the launch of Detroit's recreational marijuana industry. So, Adrian, what did the lawsuit say? What this lawsuit said is it's this woman named Crystal Lowe who filed the lawsuit. And she's like, listen, I lived in Detroit. She lived in Detroit a long time, but it didn't meet the threshold. And because they were processing applicants from 
Legacy Detroiters first, she was like, there's no way I'm going to get a, a license. And this is really unfair. So in, in June of last year, 2021, a federal judge says that this ordinance is likely unconstitutional. And that halts everything, you know. So really, at that point, really, it just stopped that industry. Now, what happened is this case is set to go to trial in September. And Council Member James Tate was like, you know, we can't wait that long. Like, we need to get this industry up and running. And even if they go to trial, there's the chance that they still lose. So So, City Council has been working to create a new ordinance. And actually, they've been set to vote on one in the last several weeks, but it keeps getting delayed. They made changes that need to be considered, like upping the number of licenses and creating a second round lottery for folks without property. Meanwhile, business owners like Mark Snipes of West Coast Meds, who had planned to transition to the recreational business, are at a standstill and losing out. There are more than 60 medical dispensaries in the city, so a lot of competition in a dwindling field. And Snipes says there's just 10 black owners in the city to benefit from the business that's coming in. And that's literally a crime by itself. All of us are hurting, you know, so we don't have the financial backings that a lot of these companies have. You know, it ain't like you can just go to the banking and pull a loan for this business. And so what has been the impact then for the people in the city who are running med businesses, who are trying to go to recreational? What has it been like for them and what are they losing out on? Yeah. I I mean, a lot. So think about it. Like either you can spend the time to go renew that license or you can just walk into a recreational dispensary and come out with whatever you need pretty much. So when I talk to, to owners of, of companies that have multiple dispensaries around Michigan, you know, I talked with the owner of cloud cannabis. He has a medical marijuana dispensary in Detroit that he gets fewer than 10 customers. And then he has one in Utica in Macomb County that gets, he said he was being conservative with these estimates, but 500 customers, you know, the Detroit store can't support itself. It only can because he has these, you know, recreational marijuana dispensaries and other locations. So you think about that. If you just have one medical marijuana dispensary in Detroit right now, it, it chances are it's, pretty tough to survive. It's gotten to a point where we literally turn people away every single day, you know, because you got people coming even far as Ohio, Indiana, thinking that it's wrecking the city. And they'll just show up at your doorstep. Well, we turn the people away constantly every day. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're looking to, to grow, like actually do more construction, but because we don't have rec- the revenue not coming in, to allow us to even grow from this point. With REC, we have lines out here, you know, so it's just a matter of once it once it passes and we can get this license, then we can expand to the, some of the things we want to do, like for the processing and a bigger growth facility, you know, maybe even a bigger uh, provisioning center. And the delay has not only hurt the city's current medical dispensaries, but the city itself is missing out. Cities that have opted in and sell recreational marijuana in 2020, um, they received $28,000 in tax revenue per dispensary. So it's it's hurting the city of Detroit from that perspective. They're not getting that tax revenue. And hopefully, it happens. If it happens, then I can kind of celebrate a little bit and get ready for the next battle. 
because you know a battle coming you know somebody they already talking about suing and all this kind of stuff so i mean we, we just have to wait and be patient a little bit longer now um they made some amendments to the ordinance uh those require another public hearing um and that is set for April, early April. So we could see a vote on it at that point. Um, but so far, since it was introduced in February, it's just been, you know, it's been discussed at council, um, by the public, by city council members, and we're still in that process right now. What changes did they make um, to this ordinance and, and does it satisfy what the issues were with the previous one? Well, to answer the second part of your question, that remains to be seen. Every ordinance, basically, and every city gets challenged legally. But in the old one, it was they process longtime Detroiters' applications first. Now that that's done with, what they do is they have two separate tracks, and they're calling them social equity applicants, which is mirroring language from the state. So you could be in another um, disproportionately impacted community by the war on drugs and apply for a license in Detroit under this social equity track, but it also prioritizes longtime Detroiters. But basically, half the license are reserved for longtime Detroiters and these social equity applicants, the other half, anyone else. And some some licenses are restricted, like the dispensaries, but other other licenses, like to, to transport marijuana, I mean those licenses are unlimited. When I spoke to Mark, I asked him, like, is this delay worth it? Would you have preferred the legalization of recreational marijuana in Detroit without any equitable ordinance and been able to get into the game sooner? Um, Or do you prefer to have this delay? Well, I would have preferred them to get it right the first time when it was a medical situation. He said yes, which I was very surprised. I don't mind waiting a little bit longer for it to be right. You know, I, I've, you know, I've never been rich in my life, and you know, at 52, if I gotta wait till I'm 53, 54, it is what it is, to make sure we get this right. But I do need it now. You know, I don't want to sidestep that. I do need it now for uh, my survival in this game. But um, I, I need it to be right. I need more Detroiters in this. I mean, I think we're, we're hearing kind of a lot of different perspectives at council and from Mark. I mean, I think people are really torn. And what they're saying is this is our, our one shot to make sure that black people and Detroiters get a chance to open these businesses. And there is this um, desire to get this going quickly. We're looking to get our foothold in this industry, you know, where we can actually um like blaze a trail, if you will, um, in this industry for black folks. You know, people that, in a city that's predominantly black, it really shouldn't be that hard, you would think. You know, so right now it's 10 of us that that have um, facilities in the, in the city, and we want to be the one to help usher the new ones in. You know, it's important to be that bridge gap to uh, help new people coming into the industry that look like us so they don't have to go through the same struggles we did. Council members are concerned. We're hearing from prospective and and current business owners that they're concerned because it's almost like you just don't want to open the floodgates to everyone. And all of a sudden you have these all these dispensaries in in the city of Detroit and their owners are not who you intended to get into this business. So 
I think that's the balance they're trying to strike. The good thing out of this situation that probably wouldn't have happened if this slow rollout wouldn't have occurred is the Black-owned dispensaries in this city getting together the way we're doing now. So now we, we're looking to say, okay, if even it pass or it don't pass, we know it'll be months before anything roll out. We're looking to advertise together. We're we looking to work together. We're looking to, to grow together in a sense. There's a lot of things we want to do, but we just have to get over that hurdle first. Until then, we, we'll sit here and, and wait. I think to provide a counterpoint to all of this, though, uh, the recreational marijuana industry is growing. It's expected to expand more. So I think on the other hand, whenever the city of Detroit does get into this and whenever they pass this ordinance and get things up and running, you know, I think the people that open businesses are going to see demand and are going to see customers. Well, Adrian Roberts, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Um, to get this started, um, and uh, we'll we'll be tapping you for the updates on this because it doesn't seem like this is going away anytime soon. This will be on your plate. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No, thanks so much for having me. Additional thank you to Mark and Jay Snipes for inviting me into their dispensary and letting me talk with them. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran with help from Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marion Streaming are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks, of course, for listening. And if you like the show, please share it, like it, and rate it. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you do that, we'll see you next week.